So, um, Robbie, you're probably going to... Uh, is Robbie on, John? Great. You're, yeah. Check, check, check. Yeah, you're on. Um, Robbie, you're going to tell us a little bit, no doubt, about yourself, and you've got some resources this evening, but, but um, just tell us uh, where your church is and what it's like and what, you, what, what your church is involved in in its uh, ministry that's so exciting. Okay. I think my chin, she cares, she's rubbing this microphone. Um, we are, I, I pastor in, a, um, in the Chicago area in a city called Aurora, and it's kind of like a, the east side of Aurora is like a poor urban area. Um, it's got a lot, its history has been that it's had like a lot of violence, a lot of, uh, um, you know, criminal activity, uh, prostitution, drug addiction, things like that. Um, but uh, over the past um, couple of years, probably about the past two years, the city's been changing dramatically. And uh, a big part of that is because of, of us going out on a regular basis and uh, praying for people, ministering to people, uh, walking the neighborhoods, uh, praying in the streets, and then stopping people and praying for them, praying for healing. Um, uh, we've, you know, for several years, we take groceries out to our neighbors and, uh, that were beside the church, and, which is, again, in a very poor area, and just ask them if we could pray for them and minister to them God's love and, and God's presence. And that's uh, made a huge impact on the area. And so, uh, so much so that the mayor and the chief of police have recognized our church as being a part of the city's transformation and things like that, which has made national headlines in the United States, actually. So, so there's always a danger that someone might think, well, that's okay for America, <laughs> but we're the UK. But now, now, we were chatting earlier this afternoon and you were sitting in a pub yesterday in Cheltenham, mm -hmm. the conservatory pub, and you were just chatting to a group of others, and there was someone playing pool at the table. Why don't you just tell us that story? So sure. what you have just talked about in your church, just tell us what happened when you sat in the pub yesterday. Um, yeah, we were just sitting down doing some uh, Q&A, just with some of the people that had been a part of the... Uh, part of the teaching and just answering some questions and different things like that and so uh, instantly I felt a sensation go down uh, my neck and sort of into sort of the traps area here and I thought it was somebody in our circle from the church and so I said does anybody have a neck pain anybody having problems paying their neck and um, one of the guys was a pastor from a uh, local you know nearby village who who said, uh, he says, well, yeah, I'm kind of having something like that. But when he described it, I was like, no, nah, that's not it. And so I looked over and there was a guy playing pool. And so I just looked over at him and I said, hey, I said, can you give me, can you, can you answer a question for me real quick? I said, are you having pain in your neck? And he goes, yeah, I am. He goes, how'd you know that? And I said, well, God shows me stuff for people. And I said, you know, sometimes it's off, but you know, this time it's right. And I said, you know, if you'll let me pray for your neck, you know, Jesus will heal your neck right now. And so I said, you know, could I pray for your neck? And then he goes, yeah. He goes, sure. And so I said, roll your neck, find the pain, you know, where the pain's at. And he goes, oh, I, I don't even have to move it to find it. I said, well, do me a favor, find where it's at the worst. And he found where it's at the worst. And I said, let's give that a 10. And I said, uh, if, if it's at a 10, I'm going to pray for you and then tell me where it's at. 
after we pray. So I prayed and I said, Father, I thank you for healing power. In the name of Jesus, I just command this neck to be healed by the authority of Christ. So this man will know that Jesus Christ loves him, is pursuing him, and wants a personal relationship with him in Jesus' name. Right now, neck be healed. And I said, check it out. You know, I said, roll it around, check it out. So he rolls it around and he said, said, first he said, I I don't know what to say. And I said, well, give me a number. And he said, "Uh, it's a five. And I said, so it's gone down 50%. He said, yeah. I said, can I pray again? So he said, sure. So I prayed again and prayed again, said the same prayer. And I said, now check again. And he checked again and it was down to a two. And then we prayed again and uh, it went down to a zero. And so he was like, you know, really trying to find the pain then. Uh, But his uh, pain was gone. And so I just looked at him and I said, you know, I said, Jesus just healed your neck. I said, you realize that, right? And I said, and the best part of it is, I said, his healing your neck was his invitation to you to come into a relationship with him. I said, what he just did for your neck, now he wants to do for your entire life. And I said, he wants to do for your relationships. He wants to do for, you know, your, you know, any hurts in your heart, any things going on in your life. I said, he's inviting you into a relationship with him. That was his invitation for you to come into a relationship with him. And he quickly said, he goes, well, I was an altar boy, you know, and he said, so yeah, I know about that. And I said, okay. And I could kind of tell he thought it was, you know, a little, it was kind of coming in a little strong for him. So I said, okay. I said, hey, don't forget, Jesus loves you. He cares about you and wants a relationship with you. So I just went over and sat down and he just kept looking over at us, and then he gets up and he comes over and he goes, I wanna just thank you. And so I said, yeah, God bless you. And, and I, said, uh, I said, enjoy that neck. And he's like, okay, and he goes back to playing pool and then he comes back over and he goes, can I buy you a pint or something? And, and I, said, uh, I said, no, it's okay. I said, I'm fine with, with what I got. I said, but I said, would you, you know, I said, um, you know, if you'd like to join us uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night we'll just be, we're just right across the street. And I said you're welcome to join us. You can come in as, as my guest. And, and he's like, wow, really? And I said, yeah. And then he comes back over a third time. He just kept coming back, you know, and he's just like, that was the most amazing thing. I said, just, just don't ever forget. Jesus loves you, and he, he wants a relationship with you. He cares about you. Just keep that in mind. And he goes, I absolutely will. And I said, all right. And so that was the end of the conversation. So that's fantastic, isn't it? So, so Robbie's living this out in his church. Then he comes over here and he goes to the pub and lives it out here. And I want us to welcome that here tonight, Mm. that we might be changed, challenged, reshaped, and changed by the power of the Spirit and the love of Jesus. So would you join me in praying for Robbie and uh, that he might be amongst friends tonight and be free, free to minister to us. Father, we want to pray that you would... Uh, fill Robbie this evening with your spirit that what flows out of him would both challenge and change us come Holy Spirit and bless this man as he shares with us and as he leads us in ministry in your precious name Amen Amen bless you praise the Lord well it's a joy to be here with you guys I love your building. This is really cool, modern. (laughs) Everything's brand new. It's really nice. We're in the old house that was converted into a church, so it's like a it's like a hundred and thirty year old house, and so 
uh, the, seeing, seeing a, a you know, church converted into a church is really cool. <laughs> um, really quick, I'm just going to explain a couple of things uh, that, that we just have for you back at the table. Just if you're interested. If you're not, please don't worry about it. It's by no means uh, any pressure. But so many people ask us. I used to not carry stuff with us, and we had so many people say, how do I keep doing this, or how do I get equipped into doing this? And so these are just tools uh, for you. We refer to our table as a tool table. Uh, this is a book a friend of mine wrote called Ministry Time. Uh, his name is Rick Evans. He's from Ohio in, in the United States. And uh, Rick has been just really going for ministry for a long time. And what's really cool about this book is this book is about leading a ministry time where you're letting spirit move and you're letting, you know, praying for healing, getting words of knowledge, things like that. Um, this can fit with a group of two people. It can fit with, you know, you just praying for one other person. Or it can be large groups even like this. It just, it's, a, it's a dynamic for just all sort of occasions, but just how to follow the Holy Spirit in the midst, you know, of those things. And while that's all going on, and Rick has just done a great job in this book. I really love this book. And then we have uh, two. This is a... A uh, gentleman by the name of, uh, of Randy Clark, who has been very instrumental in uh, really uh, leading a lot of uh, renewal and revival stuff in the U.S. Uh, that's kind of really started in Canada. Uh, but uh, he was a part of the Vineyard, the group that I'm a part of for years. But he and I did a conference together this last November called Empowered to Heal. And um, it, this is just, this has loads of of people being healed on it, where you're watching people being healed, things like that. And then uh, seven DVDs of teaching, uh, you know, on the subject to where that you're seeing it. It's just full of, you know, it's hours and hours of training and equipping and uh, things like that on this subject. So anyway, we have these back there. And then how many of you have, have, have any of you heard about the finger of God, furious love, father of lights? Anybody heard about those movies? Four. Perfect. Good. The reason why that's good is because we have some back there. If you're interested, you may want to get one. Uh, we're going to actually show you the trailer for this, but uh, really quick, let me just set it up. With uh, I was a part of Furious Love and Father of Lights. Darren Wilson, who makes these movies, these are movies to encourage people in power evangelism. Uh, that was the initial intention. And for people just to go out and just to kind of, sh to kind of model for them, it's not a, it's not a teaching tool but it's more of a motivational tool. And these movies have literally gone out around the world. I mean, millions and millions of people have seen them. They've had write-ups in, in the Chicago Tribune. I know that there's, there's been something that was in the London Times about it, and then uh, just around the world. It's been, they've caught and uh, gone like crazy. I was in Norway, I was in Oslo, and, and I was walking through the airport and a group of 16 university students, I was, I was, um, I'd just been with Eleanor and John Mumford, and they were telling me about a, a magazine that, that did an article on their son's band, and, and they were like, make sure if you can see the article. And so I was trying to find the article in this magazine, and I looked, and, and there's like these four girls just standing like this, looking at me at the magazine, and I was like, you know, <laughs> looking around, because I'm in Oslo, I mean, an un unusual place. For it. And they were like, you were in Furious Love and Father of Lights, and it turns out there was a whole group of them of university students that had seen the movies, and, and three of them, they brought me over, and they said, man, these three guys came to Christ through them. 
And, uh, and so we ended up doing, just praying for them right there in the airport, and they were getting really touched by the Holy Spirit, and a couple of them got healed, and it was just amazing. And so these have gone just around the world, and we just uh, heard, uh, you know, report after report about it. So anyway, uh, this, is, this particular movie is, and the portion of it in mine is actually in my church where we're praying for some of the top gang members in the Chicagoland of the, a gang called the Latin Kings. And they were threatening to start a war in Aurora. And uh, they, were, uh, they came into our church, because again, our church is in a really poor urban area. And so the first thing they do is they start pointing out places in the building where there were bullet holes, where they had shot, shot our building. And they said, we dropped a guy right here on your front lot, which means they you know, did a drive-by shooting and killed somebody on the front lawn of the church. And, and so the, all of that was, they were trying to threaten us because they were afraid, you know, of what we may try to use, you know, the footage for or, or if we were going to uh, try to stop the war. And they were starting a war with rival gangs and with the police. Well, the amazing thing that ended up happening was we brought them all in and we prayed for each one of them. Every one of them was physically healed. God gave us words of knowledge for each one of them. Uh, the main guy, you'll see him actually in this trailer, and he has these big, thick glasses on. Um, and his name is Sam. His street name was Satan. And Sam was like, uh, um, he, was, he kept jumping up, and he kept looking under his chair because he thought there were wires connected to his chair because he kept feeling electricity going through his body. And then, of course, that was the power of the Holy Spirit that was just surging through him. And so he, he kept looking for that. And then he started looking under the chair and feeling it to see if there were any battery packs in there because there was no wires, you know, connected to it. And uh, anyway, they ended up, all of them end up accepting Christ. It's, I, I hate to give the movie away, but they all end up accepting Christ. And, and, you know, they all end up stopped dealing drugs and things like this because they encountered the reality of God's presence and spirit. It wasn't just something we were telling them about. We weren't just sharing with them, but we were giving them, as Paul says, a demonstration. Not just saying it with words, but actually demonstrating the reality of God's power to them. Now, the result of that, since this movie has come out, at the end of it, I looked at them and I said, guys, what just happened in this room will change this city. Now, you have to understand, up until that point, Aurora was known as one of the most violent sections of all of Chicago. I mean, it had been, it had been just a, a bloody part of the city. There's just been all this horrific violence. And, and what's really cool is that since uh, that happened, uh, which was at the end of 2011, and all of 2012, it's made national news, there has not been one homicide in all of Aurora. And that has not happened for 66 years. It has been unprecedented for 66 years because of just the transformation that occurred and that, that took place. And I mean, uh, police have been sit, sent, sent and government officials have been sent from all over the United States to study Aurora to try to find out what happened, what took place. And, and the police have been clearly saying, it's not just been us, it's been that church and been what's been happening there. And so it's just a real testimony. Matter of fact, we just were approached about uh, nine months ago or so by, uh, have you guys, you guys know the A&E and history channels? And they just approached us and asked us if they could do a documentary on my family and on the church 
uh, when they uh, planted the church. They want to call it When Love Came to Town, after, you know, Bono's uh, song with B.B. Uh, King. So anyway, it's really cool just how much God is getting glory, you know, out of this. But anyway, this trailer doesn't show a lot of the movie, but it sort of gives you a snapshot and a general idea. Can we show that? You know, it's amazing um, just how much God uh, is wanting to use us and how much God wants us to be a part of the story, you know, and he wants us to be involved. And God's benevolence, he has bestowed on us the ability to pray for people, to see them healed, for us to be able to share people our, our, our experience, our life, and see people's lives transformed. And that's just the kindness of God. He's invited us into the story. He's invited us into his power. And uh, it's, it's just out of his kindness, his benevolence. He loves us so much. I mean, we can't earn it. We can't deserve it. We can't be good enough. You can't fast enough. You can't hold your breath long enough, you know, to see it come, to see it happen. But, but just in his kindness, he just, he just releases that to us. Let me just, before we get any further, is anybody having a pain in like your, what I'm feeling is like in the left, like uh, shoulder blade, like right there. If you're having a pain that's like coming through from your back into your left shoulder blade, anybody having that right now? You're having that? Come up here if you would. Also, the second thing is somebody having a headache, pain coming up into here, it may be coming through the head, or it could be anywhere just in your head. If anybody having a headache? <laughs> 
having pain in your head right now, where you're currently in pain. You got the head, headache too? Anybody else? Anybody else having pain? Okay, come here. Anyone else? That's a young crowd. You guys are so pain-free. If you're having any pain, just feel free to come up. Is it in this shoulder? Oh, can I get another mic? Is there a... Yeah, if I could just use that. And uh, first of all, what's your name? Jesse. Jesse. Now, how long has that been going on? Uh, Don't be nice. Years. Years? What happened? Uh, I used to do uh, performance art that required me to bend completely backwards. You used to do what? I used to play the part of a zombie. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. I mean, not professionally or anything like that, but just (laughs) every day I just kind of wake up and just want to do that. So, um, so, and, and is, it, is it related to your back? Did you injure yeah, your back and then yeah. it's coming in? Are you feeling pain right now? Every Can you day. lift your arm? Let me just like lift your arm and find where it would, right there? You feeling it the most? Okay. So that's a 10. Can we give that a 10? Zero be no pain. Is that okay? You mind if I pray for you? Okay. And it's Jesse, right? Yeah. All right, Father, I thank you for Jesse. Just, just turn this way if you would, Jesse. Father, I thank you for Jesse, and I thank you for healing power in the name of Jesus. I just command these vertebrae line up right now. All pain, get out. I command these vertebrae to be at peace. I command the nerves to be loosed. I command muscles, relax. All pain, go right now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Back, I command you be healed in Jesus' name. And all pain, get out in Jesus' name. Be made whole by the authority of Christ. Now, Jesse, do me a favor. Just sort of lift your arm again and check it again. Now, listen, don't be nice to me. I'm from Chicago. I'm not used to that. Um, if you were at a 10 before, mm-hmm. zero's no pain. Where are you at now? Do not be nice. About a six. About a six. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's gone down about 40%. Can I pray again? Is that okay? <laughs> so, Father, I thank you for healing power. I thank you for Jesse. In the name of Jesus, I just command these vertebrae to be repaired. I command all pain, go now by the authority of Christ. Get out of this body right now. I just command these muscles to relax, nerves be loosed. All pain, get out. In the name of Jesus, back be healed. I just command all pain to go for the glory of our great King. Be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Okay, check it again, Jesse. Check it really good. If you were at a um, eight, you said, no, you said six. I'm sorry. If you were at a six, where are you at now? Don't be nice. About a four. About a four? Three, maybe. Three, four, somewhere Mm. in there? Yeah. You're not being nice, are you? No. Don't be nice. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) All right. Can I pray again? Okay. Is that okay? (laughs) Is that all right? All right. Father, I just thank you for healing power. I thank you for Jesse. Right now, I command these vertebrae line up by the authority of Jesus Christ. All pain, get out. Do you mind? I'm just going to breathe over your back. Just don't, don't be alarmed. It's not magic or anything, but it's just like Jesus said when he breathed into his disciples, said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. <sighs> pain, go. Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed by the authority of Jesus Christ. Right now, we just command this three to go to a zero. Command these nerves to be loosed. Muscles relax, back be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Okay, check again. See, Mark chapter 8, Jesus has to pray for the blind man how many times? Two times. 
If he, gets, if he has to pray two times, how many do we get? 500, 600, something like that. I mean, if he gets two, it's only fair, right, that we get more times? Part of the problem is we just pray too, many, too few times. We'll just pray once and then we'll stop. But if you just keep going, more stuff will happen. Where are we at now? If you were one. at a three or four? That's a one. You're a one? Yeah. Okay. Do you mind if I, if I uh, uh, change this up just a little bit? Okay. okay. We're not done, you know. What's your name? Can you come here? Karen? Taryn. Say it again. Taryn. Taryn? Okay, Taryn, come here. Are you having, uh, are you having pain in your head? Is it also connected to the neck? Is it um, something there? Or no, just pain in the head? Having a headache? How long yeah. has that been going on? About two days now. About two days. Ow. Is that, is that something that happens often? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it is? No. No? Okay. All right, Taryn. And so you're in pain right now? Yes. Do me a favor. Just kind of roll your neck. I want you to kind of find where it hurts the most. Or is it just always hurting the most? Right there. Right there. Okay. All right. Just step up here if you would, if you don't mind. Okay. Come here. If you would, it's time for you to go to work. Let's put your hand right there. Do you mind repeating after me? Uh, Father. Father. I thank you for healing power. I thank you for your healing power. And I thank you for Taryn. And I thank you for Taryn. And by the authority of Jesus Christ. And by the authority of Jesus Christ. I command all pain. I command all pain. Get out of her head right now. Get out of her head right now. I command blood vessels to open up. I command the blood vessels to open up. Muscles relax. Muscles relax. Nerves be loosed. Nerves be loose. Vertebrae line up right now. Vertebrae line up right now. By the authority of Jesus Christ. By the authority of Jesus Christ. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, take your hand off. Roll your uh, neck again. Now, if you were at a 10-level pain when you were checking before, zero would be no pain. Where are you at now? And do not be nice to her. She was not nice to me, so. Um, I'll say about seven-ish. Oh, about a seven-ish? Okay. So seven-ish. You encouraged? Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, put your hand back there again, if you don't mind. All right, do you mind praying again? Do you mind if she prays again? You're okay? Father? Father, I thank you for healing power. I thank you for your healing power. And I thank you for, what was your name? Taryn. Taryn. I'm so sorry. Taryn. You know what? <laughs> you just say it. Thank you for. Taryn. By the authority <laughs> of Jesus Christ. By the authority of Jesus Christ. I command her head to be healed. I command her head to be healed. I just command blood vessels to open up. Command the blood vessels to open up. Vertebrae line up right now. Vertebrae line up right now. Can you snap your fingers? All pain go. All pain go. By the authority of Jesus Christ. By the authority of Jesus Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. For the glory of Jesus Christ. For the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. Put your hand up. Check it again. You were seven-ish. Um, Don't be nice. I'll give it a two. A two, okay. Check your, check your shoulder. <laughs> give me a number. That's a one. A one still? Yeah. So you're still at a one. Okay, all right, good. I mean, well, not good. Well, <laughs> not that we want you to stay that way. So uh, can we pray again? You want to think about it? Oh, it's fine. Okay, sorry. I thought you said I want to think about it. I, was like, I rarely get that, but it does happen. Huh? 
Oh, I'm so sorry. You're so, so, so see, I'm not used to that kindness thing. That's just so different than where I live. All right, ready? Father. Father. I thank you. I thank you for your healing power. For terror. For heaven. And for your healing power. For your healing power. And by the authority of Christ. By the authority of Christ. I command her head to be healed. I command her head to be healed. All pain, get out right now. All pain, get out right now. We release. Release. The, I release. I release. The peace of Jesus Christ. The peace of Jesus Christ. All pain go. All pain go. Be healed. Be healed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Check it again. I'm trying to help. I'm like sympathetically checking. I'm feeling good. I'm at a zero. Where are you at? Zero. Zero? Okay. Can you come here? Stay right here with me too. Check your shoulder again. Step up here if you would. Did you have it? Wait, 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 wait. Taryn. Taryn, wait a minute. We need your help. Sorry. Um, so where are we at? It's a zero. It's a zero? Yeah. Now let me tell you something. So she's sowing with her and she's reaping. You see what I'm saying? So she's planting seeds. She's going and giving healing, and then she's receiving it. So many times we're like, well, I can't go out and pray for people because I need healing myself. Let me tell you something. We're all a bunch of wounded healers. That's the gospel. I mean, that's the gospel of Jesus. The fact that God will use you and me screams good news to the world. It tells them there's hope for them. And so, you know, you don't, the, the, the perfection of us, you know, is not so much the focus. It's our focus, but the yieldedness to the purpose in the kingdom is God's focus. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So what's your name? Ansibi. Ansibi? Yes. You guys have like these really incredible names. Like that lady back there, her name was Joe. I was like, really? And then Ansibi. Yes. Wow. That's like really spectacular. Can you just step up here just for a second? So Taryn, do you mind coming here? Do you have, what are you, what, what's going on? Um, I've had a headache since Tuesday on and off. Um, it's okay. been increasing since Friday. It's in my... It's in my neck and it comes up through my throat, shoulder. Ah, uh, yeah. Head, kind of. Okay. Yeah. And you're feeling it right now? Yes. Just roll your neck around a little bit. You're feeling it? Yes. Okay, so that's a 10, okay? Yes. And it's... Ansibi. okay. All right, just put your hand right there. Sorry, I'm not like... I'm not really good with foreign languages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready, Taryn? All right, Father. Father. I thank you for answering. I thank you for answering. And then answering, is that right? Uh, and thank you for Anne. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you're butchering my name so bad. Just call me Anne. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command this head, neck. I command this head, head and neck, neck be healed. By the authority of Jesus Christ. By the authority of Jesus Christ. All pain, get out right now. All pain, get out right now. I just command these vertebrae to line up. I command these vertebrae to line up. All pain, get out. All pain, get out. I command the muscles to relax. I command the muscles to relax. Nerves be loose. Nerves be loose. Um, by the authority of Jesus Christ. By the authority of Jesus Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Can you roll a check? It? Are you feeling it? You feeling any heat or tingling? 
Yeah, feel heat in my yeah. neck. Yeah, I could, I, I could just feel it when I was holding it up. Can you feel it? You feel any heat? No? Because when, like when I was holding it up to you, all of a sudden I started feeling heat in my hand. It feels like I have one of those heat packs on my, mm -hmm. on my shoulder. That's healing power. It's a little red, too. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's healing. So roll it. Check it. If you were at a 10, zero is no pain. Two. Two? Yeah, okay. Better. Cool. All right. Are you encouraged? Are you a professional? Do you do this just like all the time, just everywhere you go? You know, is this your first time? Probably the second time. You think you'll do it again? I bet you will. Put your hand back up there if you would. All right, you ready? You ready? You're holding your breath? You know, you got to... You see how stressed I am, right? All right, Father, I thank you for healing power. Thank you for your healing power. And I thank you for answer me. I thank you for Anne. And she's English. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command this to. I command this to you. Go to a zero right now. Go to a zero right now. All pain, get out. All pain, get out. By the authority of Jesus Christ. By authority of Jesus Christ. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I just command these muscles to relax. I command these muscles to relax. Nerves be loosed. Nerves be loosed. And all pain go. And all pain go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, man. Let me tell you something else, Anthony. There's just been like a lot of stress building up on you, mm -hmm. and just like even some things, just tension. I just feel you felt like your heart, like you've taken some shots in the heart, and the Lord just wants you to know that He loves you. And it's even been like you've felt like, can my heart be mended again? Let me tell you something. What the Lord's going to do with you is He's going to use you to mend other people's hearts, and that's it, how He's going to get revenge for what's happened to you, because He loves you so much. You have an amazing story. And I just heard the Lord say he's shaping you to be a trophy in the house of God. And he's going to use you to do amazing things. And just, I just saw just this discouragement, stress that's been weighing in on you. And it's just breaking off. You're going to have the best night's sleep. You've been really robbed and worried, you know, in the sleep in the middle of the night. Does that make sense? You're not being nice. Don't be nice. But I just saw that just breaking off and just peace coming to you, Okay. Because the Lord loves you, and he's going to use you to do amazing things, all right? So do me a favor, put your hand back there just one more time, and just say, Father, Father, I just release your peace. I just release your peace. To answer me. To answer me. Right now. Right now. Just peace. Just peace. Just come. Just come. And just healing for her heart. Just healing for her heart. Minister your love. Minister your love. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. And Father, we thank you. That you're filling her up with your love. And filling her up with your love. To give so much. And to give so much. And to bring healing to so many. And bring healing to so many. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Bless you. Check your neck. I'm sorry. I forgot. About, <laughs> I almost forgot about why you came. Thank you. Thank Check you it really much. good. You sure? Any pain at all? Zero? You're not being nice, are you? Okay. All right. Bless you. All right. Good job, guys. High five. Who's up here? So, how many people did I pray for that were healed? One. You guys did the rest. They did the rest. This is about Christ in you. And the thing of it is, we have this we have this tendency to sort of. <laughs> 
we have this tendency to sort of think that we're calling God to send the power. But who lives inside of us? He's the source of it all. He's the source of it all. Sorry, I meant to do this earlier. This is L. 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 Sorry, L. This is L. And and also, Randy, raise your hand right here. Randy and Jacob, they both came with me. Jacob's my assistant, and Randy... Uh, it goes to my church and is a phenomenal leader in ministry and teaching on this stuff. He did the first ministry in my church. They'll be helping pray for people and stuff like that too. Very gifted. But um, these, these guys are with me and Elle is from, uh, from uh, up in Nottingham. And so anyway, if you, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to, if you would like to be a part of our email list, we send out like regular videos and things like that to encourage people who want to do this type of stuff. If you're interested in that, we'll just circulate this. You could put down, we're not going to sell, you know, sell your emails or anything like that, just if you're interested. But let me finish what I was saying. Um, you know, we, we stop and we think that, that there's so, you know, much that we have to have, you know, that, that, that we're calling for power to come. And actually the power lives inside of us. You know, Paul makes a statement uh, where, where he says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And is that true? Is that same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us? Then we're not waiting for more power, are we? Because he's it, right? He's the source of it. And what needs to happen is we just need to let it go. We need to release it. But so much has a tendency to block things. And part of the problem is this, is that you and I, we have a tendency to just pray for other Christians, for the most part, for healing. So like most of the people that we pray for are other Christians that are in our home groups, in our cluster groups, whatever you call them. Uh, We pray for just other Christians, and those are all the people that we pray for on a regular basis. And if Christians are all you pray for for healing, you're going to get depressed because you're not going to see much of it. The reason why is because the Bible says signs and wonders are for who? Unbelievers. And that bring them to Christ. Guys, this is not an American thing. The, you know, all of it started in the Middle East. So, you know, it's really uh, not, trust me. <laughs> I had this Norwegian girl come to me and she goes, she goes, but you're American. This is what you Americans do. You're just, you know, us, us Norwegians are just a little more quiet, a little more re- little reserved. This is just an American thing. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't think any of the Bible was written in the United States. Not one word. It may have been printed there, but you know, not one word you know, has been written there. And so uh, the reality is, is that this is a God thing. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is God's power. God's you know, working and moving through us, and he wants to do so much. And he wants to stir in us. He wants to bring healing power to us. He wants to release us. He wants to fill us with his presence. And the way we're going to experience more of his presence is when we go to give it. John Wimber, you know, you've got the new wine conferences and stuff, and John Wimber was, a, was instrumental, you know, part of that with great people like Dave Pitches and Sandy and all those great guys, you know. And, and the thing of it is, is that one of the things that, that he would say is he said, you have to give to get, to give to get, to give to get. In other words, if you want to receive something, God will give to you, but you've got to be willing to turn around and give it away in order to get more. And if you want more, you got to give. You got to give away. You know, we want to. We want to receive. We, we, you know, we, we all have debt. We got bills. We want to. You know, are we willing to give to Assyrians? 
Are we willing to give to relief to them? We, that's just in money. Same, it works in power and God's presence and God's work. And so we have to be willing to, to get, and you can't earn it or deserve it. It's not praying with more, you know, oomph or anything like that. I mean, that, you know, that doesn't hurt, but it certainly isn't necessarily just the key, but us being willing just to persevere, just to go for it. And so many times what happens is that we'll stop after praying for people, you know, a few times. And so, and, and if you'll notice the difference, how many of you notice the difference in how I'm praying? Have you noticed I'm not asking for anything? Did you notice that? Did you notice I'm not saying, Lord, would you come and please heal, you know, one of these guys? Would you come and please heal them? Would you release your healing power? Would you be a nice God and just send down your power? Please be nice and come and, you know, heal them and just release that. And please, God, you know, this will help you and your reputation out a lot. And it's suffering right now. You know, have you noticed how we pray that? You know, God, they're an intercessor in the church. If you heal them, everybody would just, you know, know your fame and know your glory. You know, just please come. Be a good God and come and heal them. You know, it's almost like we're, we think God, that we want healing more than God does. That we want to see that person healed more than, than, than Jesus does. And Jesus made it really clear. He goes, I came that everyone would have life. But the reality is, is to see things, more things happen, we have to, willing, to be willing to go out and spend ourselves. You know, we have to be willing to go out and do the things that Jesus did. I, ju- I just finished a book, and the title of it is called Do What Jesus Did. And basically, the subtitle is almost Stop Asking the Question, Just Go Do It. You know, we're always like sitting there, well, what does Jesus want me to do? What I- I've had thousands and thousands of people say, come up to me and say, would you please pray for me and, t- and tell me what God wants to do for my life? I have no clue what God wants me to do. And I said, he's already made it clear in Luke chapter 9 and 10. Go pray for the sick and see him healed. Go out and share the good news. Go do that. He's already made that clear. We're not waiting for any more orders. You know what I mean? If we will do that stuff, if we'll go pray for the sick, you know, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, just try to go do it. I know you're like, <gasps> raise the dead? I have not had one dead person complain to me. I've never had any of them raised yet, but I've prayed for 12, but not one has complained. I've never had a family member go, you know what, that was really embarrassing. Nobody's ever done that. Why? They were just so ecstatic that I actually believed it could happen. Nobody got raised from the dead yet, you know, but I'm going for it. We were talking the other day, and one of the ministers at the other uh, New Wine Conference, he says, he goes, well, I wait until the Lord tells me to pray for the dead to be raised. And I was like, I don't see that anywhere in Scripture, honestly. I mean, if you want to live that way, that's fine. But I, to me, if you're waiting on orders, you're living like a slave. That's my bottom line. I assume Jesus wants to heal everybody. You know, I'm not sitting here with these three people that walked up here and going, now, Jesus, do you want to heal him or not? I'm sorry, you've got to go sit back down. He doesn't really want to heal you. You know, he wanted the other person with the headache, not you. You know, we should always assume that this is something God wants to do because he does. He loves us. And he loves all of humanity. And man, when you stop and you see somebody completely, dramatically changed and transformed. Take a look at this scripture and then I want to I share, share another story with you. Um, in Acts 2.22, you got to realize that the disciples, they've been following Jesus around. Now we think that is really cool. How many of you think following Jesus around and seeing all the cool stuff he did would be really cool? Raise your hand if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. That would be awesome to go see. You know, uh, the reality is I think following Jesus around was probably really confusing. 
Uh, you didn't know what he was going to do next. You're not quite sure how he's going to do it. It's not predictable. It's not, you know, I mean, you just, he, and part of it is because I'm not so sure Jesus knew what he was going to do next. You know, the Bible says Jesus came just like a normal human being, just like you and me, and the power that he was drawing off of was what? The power of the Holy Spirit. The same power source that's available to you and me was what was available to him. And so he didn't have any greater advantage if, if, if according to, you know, Philippians, if that's correct, he set his, as I would say it in my church, he set aside his superhero God powers. He left them in heaven, and he left them there, but he came just as a man filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so if that's the case, then he's drawing off the same power of the Holy Spirit that you and I draw off of, right? And that was his power source. And so he, has, he had no greater advantage. Jesus came to show us how we are supposed to live. And by that, I always thought it meant that, you know, do all right and never do wrong. But, it, you know, but what he was showing us how to live was to go out and be, you know, the gospel to the world. Go out and be what Paul calls living epistles. Living gospel to the world. And the only way they're going to know him, I'm going to tell you something. Our nations are in trouble. Our two nations are in trouble. I mean, probably, you know, two of the most powerful nations on the planet, you know, or at least the ones with the most media, um, that makes it look like we're the most powerful ones on the planet. <laughs> Threatening everybody else. If they have nuclear bombs, we'll take them out. You know, if that's power, there you go. But uh, I'm sorry. If that offended anybody, I meant to. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, all of a sudden you have, you have these two, and, and look at our spiritual crisis. I mean, forget the economic crisis. I mean, that's really far down the, the important scale, isn't it? But the reality is, is that, you know, here we are in, in, this, in this, you know, spiritual crisis. And guys, you know what the solution to it is? It's not the, it's not the church getting hipper. I mean, that, that's not going to make a difference. That's not going to make it more. Let me tell you something, because love transcends all that. It's they're crying out for Jesus. They're crying out for you and I. We are the answer to the solution. Christ in us is the hope of the world. God's plan to change the, change the world is not a next coming move or a new thing. God's hope, God's plan to change the world is sitting in your seat. It's Christ in you. That's his plan. He doesn't do it, want to do it through anybody else. He wants to do it through you and me. And so we have to be aware that that's, that's what's there. So anyway, okay, reading this scripture, which I haven't read yet. All of a sudden, the disciples are following Jesus around, confusing time. And then, you know, they're following around. They're seeing this guy multiply food. They're seeing him heal limbs. You know, my son just, just texted me just literally 25, 30 minutes ago. He was in a restaurant, my 19-year-old son. He's like, Dad, so cool. Church just got out there in the morning in the States, and he says, we were at Culver's, which is a, like a burger place. And he says, a guy was with crutches and a cast and a lot of pain. He just got a cast on his leg from breaking his leg, and he says, the bones are still fresh and haven't completely mended. And he says, I prayed for his leg, and he says, I prayed three times before it's over. The guy's walking around the restaurant without his crutches, absolutely in no pain. Of course, still has the cast on his leg but walking around with no pain, his mind's completely blown. He's with 15 of his other friends and he was able to share with them. It's completely blown their mind. I mean, my kids love this stuff. They dig it. You know what I mean? I mean, it is, it is the, their thing. Their, their favorite thing is going to hospitals and emergency rooms. They get so bored praying for Christians. 
seriously, I'm like, come with me to a conference. You're like, I'm trying to talk and come into new wine. I'm like, look, it's a lot of fun stuff too. It's not just, you know, and they're like, I don't want to go pray for a bunch of more Christians anymore. I want to pray. They only want to pray for unbelievers. You know why? Because it happens faster. These guys, we had to pray three or four times. If they weren't Christians, it had cut that by half. Boom. They would have been healed that much faster. And don't anybody lose your faith who needs healing just to get healed. That doesn't work. But the reality is it happens faster. And let me tell you something. A lot of guys, I'm a part of the vineyard movement. A lot of guys in the vineyard movement, the early guys, the early days, they knew that as a secret. They would go out and pray. You had guys like Lonnie Frisbee, Blaine Cook, John Wimber. These guys were passionate evangelists using power evangelism everywhere they went. They would just walk up and down the beaches in in California. and, And this guy, crazy hippie kid Lonnie Frisbee would just go out and say, hey! Jesus loves you. Come to Jesus. And he'd walk around praying for people. He'd see blind eyes open. He'd see deaf people healed. And, and he would start baptizing them right there on the Pacific Ocean. I mean, Lonnie was, a lot of people look at Lonnie as a, as a part of the jet fuel that sort of launched the Jesus movement in the United States and the West Coast. And he was really, really, I mean, he was just following what Jesus did. He was just doing what Jesus did because he read in the Bible. Jesus said, go do this stuff. And so he did. And he was determined not to be discouraged when stuff didn't happen. And see, what happens is, is we prayed for grandma. She didn't get healed, so we're upset at God. Why didn't he heal? Why did you, you know, and people are like, you know, well, maybe God just wants me to be sick. And maybe God just, you know, wants me to be this way or whatever. Let me tell you something. You know what healing is? War. Healing is war. You are, you are destroying the works of the evil one. Isn't it cool watching people get healed when you're seeing them, people get healed? And I'm sure you guys do on a regular basis here. When you see people get healed, isn't it just beautiful? I mean, you almost see like sort of flowers popping up in the backgrounds and rainbows sort of go up across, you know, the back of the, and, you know, dolphins swimming through and, you know, fairies sprinkling pixie dust around. And it's like, oh, this is beautiful. You know, you, I mean, isn't it a beautiful thing? You know what Satan comes in and when he sees that same thing? When Satan comes in and sees healing being done, you know what he sees? Carnage. He sees blood all over the floor. He sees body parts laying everywhere. Why? Because his kingdom's being destroyed. When we go out and we do healing and we give words of knowledge, we give prophetic words, we are destroying and annihilating the kingdom of darkness. His kingdom's being destroyed. Our perspective is this beautiful thing. Wow, isn't that amazing? Satan is like, ah, no. You know, because they're like weapons of mass destruction. You know, destroying his kingdom. So back to the disciples. They're following Jesus around. And it's confusing. All of a sudden, here Jesus is. They're excited because they're, you know, they come into the, they come into the uh, Jerusalem. He's riding on a donkey. It's Palm Sunday. We're about to celebrate that soon. You know, and everybody's like, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory. That. You know, and, and then, you know, not long after that, all of a sudden, He's hanging on a cross and he's bleeding out in front of the entire world. Here's the guy that could close open wounds and now he has them. And he's just bleeding out in front of everybody. I mean, this was a horrible thing. You know, I mean, just, just uh, can you imagine the confusion? And then just a few days later, I mean, they're like heading for the hills, hiding out, running. They're going to come after us next. And the next thing they know, they hear he's back. What? He's back? You know what's bizarre? He still has open wounds. But he's alive. Again, we all go as wounded healers. We all step out. That's a part of God's story in our lives. 
And so we step out and we go, he goes out and, and, and now they're excited, he's back. All right, let's figure out who's gonna be leading the government. I'm gonna be vice president, I'm gonna be, I don't know what your government system is here. I mean, I know you guys learned democracy from us, but I don't remember what the system is. <laughs> I'll start a revolution all over. <laughs> Talk about cultural faux pas right there was the big one. No, uh, of course I'm kidding. Thank you for democracy, by the way. Thank you for that gift. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, they're like, he's back, this is amazing. I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that, I'm gonna be this cabinet position, I'm gonna be that cabinet position. And then all of a sudden, right as they're standing there, all of a sudden, Jesus just starts lifting in the air. And he disappears in the clouds. Wait a minute, we were ready to set up this government. And he just disappears right in front of their eyes. And he's like, no, 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 go into all the world and preach the gospel. Wait a minute, we had this thing, we were taken over from the Romans. And he just disappears. This had to be mind-blowing confusing, you know what I'm saying? And so there was all these chains. So after that, Jesus tells them to go. I'm sorry, I'm taking too long to read verse two, Acts chapter two, verse 22, says this. Now I'm reading from the NLT, New Living Translation. Peter stands up. You know what happens. This is the birthday of the church. All of a sudden, the disciples are gathered, just like Jesus said. This gale force wind comes in of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is filling the room. Tongues of fire descend on them. They begin to speak in tongues. They begin to utter this language that people didn't know what it was, that nobody had ever heard. And all of a sudden, you know what's amazing about this passage? At the sound of the Spirit, the nations of the world come running to see. When the Spirit begins to move, when the Spirit's power begins to flow, nations come running. They just come running, what's happening? What's going on? And Peter stands up and he begins to preach. And part of the words that he says is this, and listen to this. People of Israel, listen, he says. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So we know by this verse, based on this translation, the endorsement of the Father on the ministry of Jesus was signs and wonders. God's endorsement on his ministry is signs and wonders. How many of you want to see signs and wonders? How many of you want to do signs and wonders? Let me tell you something. The endorsement of the Father. You know what, you know what the only qualification is? Do the ministry Jesus did. Now, we want to do it, but we want to... Let me tell you something. Jesus never went and did this. He never looked at somebody and says, you know, like he's out in the park and he's like, hey, psst, I see you're walking with a limp. I'd like to pray for you for healing. Let's come behind the tree because I don't want to embarrass you. Come here. Let's quietly go over here. Is anybody looking? All right, Jesus, come. I don't want you to be embarrassed. That's why I'm whispering. Did Jesus ever do that? No. Let me tell you something. We say in the vineyard, in our movement, because we got it from John Wimber, we say faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. Now, most of us want to do risk-free risk. Go ahead, look up books on like, you know, all the different, all the popular book buying sites here in England. What, where, see if there's a book called Risk-Free Risk, where I can learn to take risks without taking any risk. Multi-millionaires understand the only way you're going to make millions of dollars is you've got to take risks. 
If you're going to see any, any degree of success, what do you got to do? You got to take a risk. It all requires risk. So just going out and just, you know, risk-free risk is not even a possibility. You got to be willing to put yourself out. Peter's standing up and preaching in front of these people that, you know, I mean, many of these people wanted to kill him. Standing up and preaching, that's a risk, right? And if we're going to do the ministry Jesus did, we've got to be willing to do it the way he did it. And we've got to pray the way Jesus prayed. You don't see Jesus standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus. People are always like, why do you say thank you for healing power? When Jesus is outside of the tomb of Lazarus, now his friend is, is dead, right? Lazarus is his friend, he's dead. And he's standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus, and what does he say? Father, now those first words right there, Jesus is establishing his identity. I'm your son. Healing comes out of identity. Power comes out of identity. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. The identity I have, Jesus gave to me at the cross. I can't be good enough. I can't be pure enough. I can't be holy enough. I am working off the identity that Jesus gave me. Does that make sense? And so he says, what did Jesus say? I've called you slaves, so you wait to do, have orders. I've called you servants, so you wait for my directives. Let me tell you something. What did he say? I've called you friends and heirs. I've made you heirs with me. That means all of the stuff Jesus can do, we can do. Because his ministry has been fully transferred to us. And if we really believe that, then we've got to pray that way. We've got to pray the way he did. So he's standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus. He says, Father, establishing his identity. I thank you that you always hear me. Now, how, how we many times we pray is, Father, Lazarus was a good man. Father, if anybody deserves to be healed, it's Lazarus. Father, if you don't heal Lazarus, there's probably some guys here that are going to kill me. It would really help my career if you would heal Lazarus, if you would bring Lazarus out from the grave. Everybody would believe in you. So be a good God. Bring Lazarus out of the tomb. Now would be nice. Don't wait too much longer. You know, Father, would you please, I beg you, for the sake of your gospel. Remember, this is all for you, Father, but would you please... And we pray like that. Is that how any of the disciples or Jesus ever prayed? No. Why? Because they understood their identity and their authority in their identity. So he says, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Lazarus, come forth. He commands him to come forth. Now that command sounds presumptive, doesn't it? Pain, get out of that head. You know, shoulder be healed, neck be healed. Doesn't that sound presumptive? That sounds just a little too far. Would you come up? Would you help me? Would you come assist me just for a second? What's your name? Rachel. Oh, there's a name I can say. <laughs> now, Rachel's a, a lovely young lady, isn't she? Now, Rachel, you know where Rachel comes from? Don't be mad at me for saying this part. Rachel comes from dirt. You know why? Because we were all do. Adam and Eve come from dirt. And so, let me, let me explain what, what happens. God gave Adam and Eve dominion power, which domain means regarding a kingdom, domain, dominion. He gave them rule over the earth. Dirt. Now, when Satan came and lied to them, deceived them, he says, you will be as God. 
if you go against this. But notice what he tempts them with. He said, did God say? You know what that's called? Unbelief. He ministers unbelief to us. And so all of a sudden, when, when we are praying and we say, Lord, would you please come? We aren't acting on the authority that we're given because we were given dominion over the earth. So Rachel here, lovely Rachel, she comes from dirt. And because of that, I'm not commanding Rachel to do anything. This shoulder that may be hurting or whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, I'm commanding, when I'm commanding the shoulder, I'm not commanding God, that would be stupid. I'm commanding the shoulder that comes from dirt, that comes from the earth, to come back under the dominion and lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm using the authority Jesus gave me, that God gave me in the garden, and I'm taking back, I'm stripping that back away from being under Satan's domain, sickness, pain, death, war, all this stuff is a result of the kingdom of darkness or Satan's counterfeit kingdom. And so I'm speaking to the body, I'm taking back dominion that was given away at the garden. Does that make sense? Two of you nodding, give me some, give me a little bit here, guys, come on. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So does that make sense to you? Did I offend you? Okay, good. That sounds good. I'll take that as a no. Thank you, Rachel. So we're not commanding God, we're not commanding Rachel to do anything. I'm not even concerned if Rachel has faith or not, because most of the people I'm praying for don't. I'm not like, do you have faith? I'm like, I think really over time. Can I tell one more story? Can I tell? Okay. Let me tell, let me, that, that was me just trying to get a sympathy keep going from four people. And the rest of you, you're like, dear God, no, they didn't say go on. I was flying from Chicago to Phoenix, Arizona. Like I said, I just finished this book. And so we were doing a, a television program a interview uh, for, get this. Okay, Phoenix, Arizona is like arid. It's like the desert. You know what I mean? And so they do put this, this show is for Canada. And they film it all in the desert in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm, th- I'm thinking they're a bunch of wimps, basically. Because, I mean, you know, film it in Canada where it's freezing cold, you know. You know but there's shows there and they, you know. Anyway, so I'm flying to Phoenix to do this show. And so while I get on the plane and I'm so excited because I, you know, I'm, I live a really busy life. So I don't get a lot of time to myself. And I, and I had rented this movie that had like a lot of shooting and a lot of, you know, uh, guy stuff in it. You know, like, like you know breaking, you know, the bad guys and, you know, and the, taking, you know, this, these guys who stole some money, we get the, getting the money back. And I'm all stoked and I'm like, I got my iPad set up, I got my earbuds in. And, and because I fly a lot, they just, they just naturally, I don't, I don't pay for them, but they just, they'll bump me up if there's a seat in first class. They just put me up there because I fly so much. I don't even ask for it. They just put you up there. And so it's really cool because, and, and it's really funny is they'll put me up in first class and every time I go up there, people are looking at me like, what are you doing here? You don't belong in first class. You know, and I, I always wear like workout pants and t-shirts and they're like dressed in suits and really nice stuff. And they're like kind of looking at me like, and they always look at me and so many people look at me and say, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, what do you think I do? And they're like, you're either a wrestler or a rap artist. <laughs> And when I tell them I'm a minister, they're just completely blown away by it, you know? And so, but I know when they ask that question, like, there's more stuff coming. Because once I tell them what I do, this, go, this whole dialogue ensues. So I sit beside this, uh, this nice little Jewish lady. And, and so I'm sitting there. And so I'm, 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 I'm op- I, you know, I'm, I get my iPad out and my movie's all set up. My earbuds are out. And I'm ready to go. And I got my, you know, my drink in my hand. And, 
And so, and the movie's starting, and I'm excited, and then all of a sudden, she taps me on the shoulder. She goes, excuse me. She goes, I'm just curious. She goes, um, what are you doing up here? And I said, well, the airline, you know, bumped me up here. I said, I, I don't. I said, you don't expect to see somebody like me up here. And she goes, what do you do for a living? And I was like, okay, here we go. I just take the earpin and put the iPad away because I know this conversation. I know what's going to happen next. So I looked at her and I said, well, I said, you know, I put it all back in my bag. I said, I'm a minister. And I said, I travel the world and throughout the United States and teach people on, on healing and, you know, hearing words from God and, and uh, you know, breaking demonic power and, and ministering God's tangible presence where people feel the tangible presence of God, you know, uh, to bring people to Jesus Christ, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And she goes, oh. And I was like, I was like, what do you think of that? She goes, I don't believe in all that stuff. She goes, I grew up going to synagogue and all that. And she goes, um, you know, I'm happy for you that you believe in that stuff. She goes, but I don't believe that really happens. I don't believe that. She goes, but good for you. Hope you make some change and difference in the world. And I said, so you don't believe it? And she goes, no. She goes, but that's okay that you do, but I don't. I said, all right, do you have any pain in your body right now? And she goes, excuse me? And I said, do you have any pain in your body? I said, for example, like in the middle part of your back. And she goes, yes. And I said, and, and is it hurting right now? And she goes, it's killing me. She goes, every time I fly, it kills me. And she goes, and I said, well, I said, if you'll let me pray for your back, Jesus will completely heal your back right now. Now, that sounds very presumptive, doesn't it? Does that sound risky? There you go. So I looked at her and I said, will you let me pray for your back? And she goes, <laughs> What did you just say? And so I repeated it. And I said, would you let me pray for your back? Her name was Marcy, really nice lady. And she goes, well, yeah, but, you know, and I said, okay, great. Let me pray for you. So I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, Father, I thank you for healing power. I thank you for Marcy. By the authority of Jesus Christ, right now, I just command Marcy's back to line up. And I said, I command the pain in her back to get out of her back right now. So Marcy will know that Jesus Christ loves her, pursuing her and wants a relationship with her, in the name of Jesus, right now, back be healed by the authority of Jesus Christ. So Marcy will know that. In Jesus' name, amen. And I said, now Marcy, do you mind just kind of moving around, checking your back? And she goes, well, yeah. And then she starts moving. She goes, well. And she's moving in her seat, and she's just looking at me, and she goes, she's dipping further. And I said, what's going on? Can you give me a number? I said, if it's out of 10, zero, be no pain, where's that? She goes, five. And I said, really? Is that a five? And I said, can I pray again? She goes, yes. And so I prayed again, and I said, Father, I thank you for healing power. Pray just like I prayed the first time. And I said, check you back again. And she starts checking, and she goes, oh my God. And I wanted to say, thank you for acknowledging him in this, <laughs> you know, but I didn't say that. And so I said, I said, what's going on? And she goes, I don't believe this. She goes, can you let me out into the aisle? She was sitting by the window. And I said, sure. And so I get out, I let her out. And so like, she's like touching the ground and she's putting her palms all the way down. Her she goes, you don't understand. I had bulging discs. She goes, this has been this way for 12 years. I've been in pain for 12 years. And she puts her palms straight on the ground. She's leaning and she looks at everybody up, up in the first question. She goes, this guy just prayed for my back and Jesus just healed my back right now. And then she's like, this is amazing. I said, well, what number are you at? And she goes, one. I said, can I pray one more time? And she goes, yes. 
And so I prayed again, and then she, she checks zero. And so she comes and sits down on her seat. She goes, you can make millions. <laughs> and I said, Marcy, that's exactly my goal. I said, I want to make millions of people followers of Jesus Christ and doing the same thing. I said, that's exactly what I'm after. And she looks at me, she goes, that's amazing. And then she says to me, she goes, I can't believe this. And I looked at her and I said, now Marcy, I said, Jesus, what he just did for your back, he's offering to do for your entire life. And he's saying, you can accept me right now. And I will come in and I will do this for your entire life. I said, Marcy, would you like to do that right now? Would you like to invite Jesus in right now? And I said, there's some other things I would like to share with you about that. I said, but would you like to do that? She goes, now don't get pushy. And I said, no, it's okay. And she goes, she goes uh, no, I'd really have to think about that. And I said, okay, okay. So no pressure. And I said, why don't you just sit there and think about that? I said, but don't forget, you're back. And what Jesus just did for your back. And she goes, oh, I can't forget that. I said, okay. So I pull out my iPad and I get it set up and I got my earbuds in and I am excited. I'm going to get to watch my movie, you know, and I hit play on it. And then all of a sudden they come over the intercom system with the message. I didn't hear it. She heard it. And they said, we have an emergency medical on the flight, medical, uh, emergency medical situation on the flight. We need a doctor, a nurse, an, an emergency medical technician. If you have any medical training, would you please hit your call button right now? And so I'm sitting there watching my movie, and all of a sudden, my earplug pops out, and Marcy goes, time to go to work. <laughs> and I said, what? And she goes, they just made this call, and, you know, she tells me what had happened, and I said, I said, well, the only problem is, is I said, I've actually, I, I've prayed for many people on airplanes. I've seen many people healed on airplanes, and I've actually replied to many of those calls, about five different ones of them. I've done full-blown deliverances on plane before, breaking demonic power off of people, things like that. And so I looked at her, and a matter of fact, Marcy was talking about her fear of flying. I said, well, you're going to notice on this flight you're not going to have any fear because Jesus is also delivering you from the spirit of fear. And so uh, we, so she says, and I said, they typically on this airline, they typically tell me that they have a policy that you can't pray for people because they don't know what their religion is and stuff like that. And she goes, well, we'll just see about that. She hits the call button. And so the purser of the flight comes back and he goes, do either one of you have emergency medical training? She goes, you listen to me. She goes, this guy just prayed for my back. My back got completely healed after 12 years of bulging deaths. And she goes, you let him back there and pray for whoever that is. Jesus Christ will heal him right now so that they will know that he loves them and is pursuing them and wants a relationship with them. And she goes, if you'll do that, he'll be healed in the name of Jesus. And, and the guy looks at me like I was crazy and I was like, that's true. And she, he looks at me and he goes, do you have any training in this? And I said, well, actually, I was trying to think of something that would give him some validity. And I said, actually, I said, I did this. I did three days of lectures at Princeton University. And we went around the campus doing healing all over the campus. I said, it made the front page of the Princetonian. I said, yeah, it is true. I said, it's, it's not just, you know, some quacky stories. I said, and I did just pray for her back. And he goes, you know what? We're desperate. He goes, so come back right now. And so I got up and I, so he led me back and this guy had gotten up to go to the bathroom because he started feeling sick and he was trying to run to the bathroom because he thought he was going to throw up. And as he did, he started to pass out and he fell into this other guy, hit his shoulder and I mean hurt his shoulder really bad. And he fell into his shoulder and then that guy hit the floor and so they dragged him to this other seat. He was just white and pale and just 
very sick, very dizzy. And so I went back and I asked him, I said, Where, where's the pain? And he goes, well, the pain's in the stomach. He goes, but I'm lightheaded. And he was just completely white. And I said, well, I said, can I pray for you? And he goes, please. He goes, normally I would say no, but I'm desperate. And let me tell you something. Desperation is key. People are always like, you know, in Africa and Egypt and, you know, in, in, in throughout Africa, throughout uh, India, throughout, you know, Latin America. Do they see more healings because they have a higher level of faith than we do? I don't believe it for a minute. You know what they have? Higher level of desperation. When your desperation exceeds, your level of desperation exceeds your fear of embarrassment, you'll see kingdom power come. When you're more desperate to see God move, and you care what people think about you, you'll see kingdom power break through. And so I, I went and I, so I prayed for this guy and I just, and so his stomach went, you know, from a, from a 10 to a three, then from a three to a one, then one to zero, and then started praying for the dizziness. Now the dizziness stopped at about a three and it didn't go anywhere past that, but he was feeling much better. He got up, he was feeling good. His, some of his color was coming back. And then I prayed for the guy's shoulder. The guy's shoulder got healed. He was fully rotating before. He was like, I mean, he was thinking it actually may have been dislocated or something like that because he couldn't move it at all. So he prayed for that. His shoulder got healed. And so I, I, so then the, the purser came. He goes, he goes, Mr. Dawkins, he goes, we got to clear the aisle because you're blocking the aisle. He says, can we get you up into, back to your seat so people can get up and go to the bathroom, stuff like that. I said, absolutely. So I went up and I sat down and Marcy looks at me and she goes, well, how do we do? And I said, I gave her the report, and she goes, that's a good job. I'm so proud of you. Way to go. And she goes, did he accept Jesus? And I said, well, no, I didn't really get, have a chance to get to that point. And she says, well, he should have. And I'm looking at her like, really? You know? And so, you know, but, but uh, so about that time, all of a sudden, the purser comes back, and he goes, Mr. Dawkins, he goes, would you mind stepping up to the galley for me? He goes, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay. And I thought, either I'm in trouble or he wants me to sign some waivers. I didn't know what it was. And so I go up to the galley and it's just him up there. He doesn't have any papers. And he goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, what's that? And he goes, Mr. Dawkins, I'm really having a hard time with what I just saw. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I just saw Jesus heal those two people back there. And he goes, I'm having a hard time with that. And I said, why is that? And he has name tag is Tim. I said, why is that, Tim? And he goes, Mr. Dawkins, he goes, I, I studied. He goes, I have a master's in divinity. He goes, I was studying for the ministry. And he goes, and he goes, I was a part of a church for years. And he goes, he goes, finally, he goes, I was in my 30s. And he goes, I wasn't married. And they began to get really disturbed about that. And he said, I looked at him and I just told him that I, I, was, that, that I didn't want to get married because I was attracted to other men. And he goes, and I was really having a trouble because he said, I, I didn't want to be married. I was willing not to be married. He goes, but they told me, no, you have to be married because of that attraction. And he goes, I didn't want to do it. And I don't understand why they were forcing me to do this, Mr. Dawkins. And he goes, it so crushed me because he goes, all my friends walked away from me. He goes, guys that would give me a hug wouldn't hug me. They wouldn't just shake my hand. They wouldn't, even, they wouldn't even touch me anymore after that. He goes, I lost all my friends. And he goes, I just decided that God, that he was just up there and just far away and that he really didn't do this stuff. He goes, because I, I can't believe in that God because of the hurt that I felt and the things that I went through. I looked at him and I said, Tim, and I just put my hands on both of his shoulders. And I said, Jesus loves you, Tim. 
I said, I'm so sorry for what those guys said to you and did to you. I said, you know, they didn't know. They don't understand. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, Tim, Jesus loves you. And I said, he cares about you. He wants a relationship with you. And I said, he cares about every detail of your life. I said, and I said, no matter what happened in that situation, I said, Jesus loves you. And even in struggles, even in hardships, even in being unsure, even in not being clear of what all this is, the love of Jesus doesn't change for you, Tim. I said, Tim, can you see that? And he goes, I'm really having a hard time with this. I said, then Tim, can I just pray that you just be overwhelmed with the love of Jesus right now? And he goes, that would be okay. And so I prayed for him. I said, Father, would you just come? Just lavish your love on Tim. Just heal the wounds. Just come, Father. Just get icky sweet with Tim. Just right now, just over the top. Pour out and lavish your love. And embarrass him even with your love. Just how much you care about him. Just how crazy you are about him. Right now, Father, would you do that for Tim? And Tim all of a sudden began to shake. And Tim just drops to the ground. And just is like... (gasps) And I just said, Tim, do you feel it? he says, yes, yes, I feel it. And about that time, one of the other flight attendants came behind the curtain. And she goes, because I've got my hand on his head and on his back like this. And she goes, oh, excuse uh, excuse me. And she, I was like, I'm just praying for him. I promise, you know. And so he's shaking all over. And I'm like, bless him, Lord. Father, just come and overwhelm him with your presence. Just as he's shaking and just feeling the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Right there, right then. Tears streaming down his face. And then I said, Tim, I'm going to leave you here just right now, you and Jesus. I said, because I don't, I don't want you to think this is just me. I said, this is Jesus loving you. I said, would you do that, Tim? I was, I'm just going to leave you and Jesus here together just for a moment. And I just slipped back and went back and sat down on my seat. And Marcy looked at me and she goes, what was going on up there? And I said, well, there's some private details I, I don't want to share with you. I said, but because you know, she would see Tim and I didn't want her to say anything that would embarrass him or anything. And there's probably a thousand Tim flight attendants that you'll never know which one it is. And so she says, she goes, what happened? I said, well, just praying for him, just praying the Father's love. He began to feel this overwhelming love of Jesus. She goes, did he accept Jesus? And I said, well, no, but it's kind of a little bit complicated. I said, but, you know, something was happening. About that time, Tim comes from behind the curtain, tears streaming down his face, his shirt just wet with tears, and everybody in first class is turning and looking at me like, what did you do to Tim? (laughs) And he comes back to me, and he goes, he goes, I'm still kind of, he goes, I feel it. It's just surging through me, but I'm still having trouble with what I saw because what I saw makes Jesus real. Mr. Dawkins, it makes Jesus real. Do you understand that? Marcy looks at him. She goes, Jesus is real, and he wants a relationship with you right now. And I'm like, and she goes, he wants to fill your life, and he wants to use you to do the same thing with others. And I was like, you go, girl. And so he's crying, and so we pray for Tim a little bit more, and then he steps back, and I look at Marcy. I said, Marcy, how are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm great. She goes, I want to travel with you everywhere. And I said, no, 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 how are you doing? I said, have you felt any fear on this flight? She goes, no. She goes, since you prayed for me, I I have a bit of, she goes, I've gotten up and gone to the bathroom twice. I never get up and go to the bathroom on flights. She goes, that's amazing. And I said, Marcy, do you see how much freedom Jesus brought you? 
And she goes, yes. She goes, I want Jesus. And I was like, all right, let's pray right now. We prayed and she accepts Christ and she's feeling this warmth. I even have a picture of her and me on the phone together. It's on my Facebook page. By the way, this happened two weeks ago. I don't want you to think, oh, there she is. There's Marcy. When you see Marcy, pray for Marcy. She just was really touched and just impacted. It was such a, such a great, way to go, Jacob. That, that's, 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 that's my very capable assistant there, make sure. But that's us there on the flight together. And she gave her life to Jesus. Just an amazing thing. Guys, let me tell you something. We stop and we think, well, that's a special person or that's a special, come on, that's a load of crap. This is a special Jesus. And he lives inside of you. And if we'll just take him out, we'll just pray for people, you'll see amazing things happen. Don't start with an argument to try to change him. Again, Paul says, I didn't come to you with words of wisdom, of man's excellent words, man's ability of speech. I came to you in a demonstration of power. And that invited you into a relationship with Christ. My friends, there's enough people in this room that could turn not only Ealing upside down, but this entire nation upside down. We think we're waiting for God. I think God's waiting for us to rise up and be the people that he can fill and charge with his presence. How many of you want to do that? I do. Can we all stand? Do me a favor, just put